listening and enjoy. This is what Brooklyn sounds like. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And how you doing? I give a shit, man. I really, really do. Wow, the world is exploding, huh? Anyway, uh, I just want to remind you, I am Dr. Lisa of Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Shit. I am a self-proclaimed psychotherapist. I'm here every Thursday, 2 to 3. I've got uh, close to 300 uh, sessions on my... uh, Go to the go to the go to my show page. Anyway, go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate because if I'll tell you something. If 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 open and unrestricted media is ever important, now is the time. Now is the time. We've got to really appreciate what we've got going here, guys. And I can say fuck all, anything I want. Any, I can have any opinion I want. And I don't take that for granted. And neither should you. You know, we all have this freedom in America. And we, we are lucky. So anyway, um, but I, but I do encourage you to go to, uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. Dot org and check us out. We have all, all, all over 70 shows, 24-7 programming, and um, there's a newsletter, all this stuff. Go check it out. So um, anyway, I'm so, uh, I'm so glad you're here today because today is a very, very special day for me. I have this, this adorable, adorable young artist um, as my guest. And he is preparing for a show. So he's in Beacon on Zoom. His name is Adam Amram. And you can't say that three times fast. Hi, Adam. Wait. Oh, hi, Adam. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you say Adam Amram three times fast? I can try Adam Amram, Adam Amram, Adam Amram. That's pretty good. But, you know, it's not fair because that's your name. You're used to it. So anyway, um, but I'm going to give you a little bit of background on this before we get before I get into my chat with um, this incredible, this incredible talent. So here, here, here's the deal, folks. Some of you may know or not, I don't know. I spent all of January in in an empty apartment by myself in Beacon. Why did I do that? I set up my own pretend but real residency, artist residency, um, because I don't want to have to apply and go through all that trouble to so I just did it on my own. I'm like, fuck it. I had um a project that I desperately had been putting off for years. And I knew the only way to get it done was to hold myself up for a month and do it. And guess what? I fucking did it. It was incredible. But before I went up there, I knew that uh, one of my I'm really I'm I'm just going to be honest and say the my favorite gallery in Beacon. I know Beacon pretty well. My favorite gallery in Beacon is Mother Gallery. So I looked up what was going on there. And I uh, realized that they had an artist in residence, somebody named Adam Amram, and his work was fabulous, and he's got really good credentials and all that. So one of the first things I did, and his studio happened to be, the gallery happens to be on the way from my apartment where I was staying, 
to uh, Main Street. So I walk past it almost every day. I mean, I stalk this guy. That's what I'm telling you. This isn't like a – no. I, I walk past the studio every day, and I could see when he was working, his light would be on. That's all I could see, folks. Okay? Shut up. Get your mind out of the gutter. Just fuck, fucking get it out of the gutter. But anyway, um, I did get to have a studio visit. Um, Adam was under a huge amount of pressure, pressure which I have um, – he, he really worked – he was – Dead, he, I see why he's so talented, and I see why he has this really great residency. It was from December through uh, his. He's having the show, his opening of the work that he's done, uh, March eighteenth at uh, Beacon Gallery, which is at at Mother Beacon, which is one one five four North Avenue in Beacon, New York. The opening is four to seven. Uh, everybody's welcome, I'm sure, if you feel like going or if you're there. I'm thinking about going myself. But anyway, um, so I did get to know this um, really special young man. I'm going to say special. He, he, he's, he, he is super talented. He's also like a really, really nice, smart person, which you can't always guarantee doesn't which you can't guarantee comes with the talent you know what i'm saying right you know what i'm saying you know some more of this so um i want to get him on here but i just want to finish what his deal is okay so he was born in 1994 in haifa israel he now lives and works in california near uh near more in the bay area and I'm just going to say he creates paintings that are best characterized by their brilliant color space and fantastical narratives, which contemplate the challenges of life and relish in the remarkability of existence. And then there's all these, that's, that means his like paintings are really powerful, very, the colors are very important in the paintings and very, um, outstanding. The images are complex and surreal uh, and um, evocative, very thought-provoking, and very complex. Okay, that's, that's, that's what that was saying. But then they go through all these uh, credentials. There's the Yale School uh, Summer Fellowship, um, this uh, other fellow, he was named this, he was named that. He's, he's you know, he's, he's, he, he's doing very, you know, he, he's good. He's good. He's on his way. He's so young, but he's on his way up. You know, like, go, let, let me tell you something. Here's some investment advice. I think these paintings are going to be a good deal. You should go to the gallery, buy the paintings now, get in on the ground floor, and you're welcome. Hi, Adam. <laughs> Hi, Lisa. Do you think we've made some sales? I think I think if anybody did, yeah, you did just now. Don't me for sure. That was a very generous and sweet intro. I appreciate it. Sure, sure. Oh, we forgot to mention your website. It's adamamram.com. That's A M R A M for you guys who don't know. And also Adam underscore Amram on Instagram. Follow him there. That's where you see most of his work. So, um, Adam, you're like you're near the you you've been you've been at this since December, right? Right, yeah. I've been I came to Beacon in December, uh, I think fifteenth, and as you mentioned, I'll be here until that almost the end of March for the show. Uh huh. Yeah. 
it's been it's been a wild ride i yeah a lot has happened since then but yeah it's so it's so fun to have uh, met you along the way yeah yeah i know i know it's really funny because we were sort of like both in these completely separate residencies but you were pretty much on your own right too yeah i mean you're friendly with the owners or they i know that they uh they looked out for you right the the gallery yeah uh the owner and director of the gallery had invited me here as um her fourth went like winter invitational so while the gallery is uh closed or kind of their programming stopped for the winter they generally invite an artist to take residency in the studio and or use the gallery space as a studio so she was very generous and invited me up here and um kind of been a supporter of just my time here until the show. And this is our first show together. So I'm really excited. And yeah. they found you on Instagram, right? Yeah, I believe so. We, yeah, I love it, that. That Yeah. And I think we spoke about that on our own time hanging out. You, but, um, you and I did. Yeah. 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 yeah we cause, did. And, Cause that impressed me. See, it's the work that counts. <laughs> yeah. It's a rare, it's, I mean, I think it's not as rare these days that people, kind of get in touch with one another via Instagram or um, that's kind of the main way, but it's always surprising because uh, yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not it's counterintuitive. You think it's maybe seeing the work in person, but these days that's much harder. So. Yeah. Um, and also you had some pretty good endorsements. Like it wasn't out of nowhere either. You know, you had, you had some good, some real credentials. So um you know, it's not that big of a risk. But you hadn't met them before you actually came here for the residency. No, we've done a we did a bunch of uh, phone calls, a few Facetimes, like doing our best to get familiar. But um, yeah, it was really it's really funny. Just to, we met in person when we got here, but um, Powell actually picked me up from New York City. Um, I was staying with a friend, and we drove made that almost two hour drive to Beacon together. So it was like uh. and that happened. She uh, she was moving another artist into uh, their studio uh, in uh, Tribeca. And basically, yeah, it was like getting to know one another for the first time for a two-hour ride at like midnight to get to Beacon. It was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, first time meeting. And yeah, it's that is really cool, isn't it? Isn't this world just – isn't this world fabulous how things just happen that way? No, but it, I mean there's really? – we have to remember there's, there is a lot of good. There is a lot of good. And also, um, I, yeah, there's a lot of good. There, it, there's some bad, but there's, there's also good. Um, and your paintings are large mostly, or they can be, and they're very labor intensive, right? Yeah. They, I think this show has a lot of large work in it, but ge- I generally make work that's kind of about, you know, modest size, like kind of, manageable scale in this particular show i have two really large paintings that i've been working on for the last year mm-hmm. and um that's atypical of me though so i, I have I, i'll stress that like i generally work on smaller pieces but and how um, long yeah, do you mean that would take like a couple of months yeah yeah each of them took about one of them took on and off i would say around seven months and mm-hmm. you're talking about labor intensive the other one i would say th- three months you know and um that's like Sometimes I'll work on a few paintings at a time, um, mm-hmm. but mostly I commit to like one piece and finish it. Mm-hmm. And, um, Did you know what you were going to make before you came here? Half and I would say 50-50. You know, I had a few a few ideas of what I was going to create here. I had a few pieces that were, the two larger works were actually um, 
in progress. And so, mm-hmm. which was That's a, good. a learning. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> that would have like, freaked you out, man. Oh, yeah. yeah for, <laughs> sure. for sure. Like kind of going somewhere and being and anticipating having to generate work and like think it into in three existence. months kind of, in three oh, months. Very, yeah, you couldn't. I mean, that's yeah. not realistic for 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 yeah. for a whole show. No, not for not. I mean, you know, some people could. I don't operate that way. You're kinda, not I, that. You're not me, mm-hmm. kind of crippling. <laughs> that would be crippling for sure. For sure. I mean, it wouldn't be fair. Some people can do it and it would not be uh, fair to your work. It wouldn't be, it would be, it wouldn't be treating the work with re- the respect that all art, all work deserves. It would be disrespectful, really. <laughs> So, uh, but anyway, so, um, I want to hear what's happened. So, so, um, like from the beginning in the sense of like the journey of making the work. So like how, how did, like, where did, what was your feeling when you started? Now your, your show's going to be in a couple of weeks. So where did you start off mentally or like physically with the work? And like, where are you now? Like what's, yeah. Great question. The I feel pr- like process. Oh, I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear what you went through. <laughs> totally. No, it's such a good. I think it's a great prompt for like understanding what it means to relocate one's studio or one's practice um, ever. Just um, basically, I moved. I had a studio that I've been working in uh, from home in California. I moved to Beacon or to New York in December, getting ready for the residency. As soon as I got to Beacon in December, I got I got COVID. You know, and that was my first time with that. So I was like a 10 day, it wasn't terrible, but it was just like a 10 day fever dream before I made any work. Oh, man. Um, and, and the space, as you might've seen, you've seen, seen in person, yeah. it's, it's enormous, it's a beautiful space, Mother Gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it was my own self-imposing kind of like, I got to populate this space and create work. And so I, uh, yeah, it was kind of, it was an intimidating process, but what I did was I just took uh kind of, I, I got calm by just unpacking what I brought, setting up shop and trying to get started. And I think the, the, the work that was in progress was really a blessing because, uh, you know, I was able to just start working and not thinking about what am I going to make? And in the, pra- in the process of making those paintings, I had organically, these ideas kind of came, came into being and yeah, it became organic throughout, but it's very scary just kind of starting up yeah. again somewhere. <laughs> And yeah. having COVID and not knowing anybody in winter, Beacon Beacon sunset is like four was like four thirty p.m. Yeah, I was, and I'm from California, which I love the East Coast, but it was a shock. You know? Yeah, I have to say, um, one of the things I really liked that I discovered I liked about being there was I really enjoyed the snow and the wintry thing. I, I was outside, I did a lot of walking and shit, but it was it's, so it was heavy to, duty. Yeah, no, it was. I remember the first time we met, I'll just say I, you were imprinted in my memory because you had this, this beanie that was so funny. It was like this, it's like, what is it? A frozen? Oh yeah. 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 It's like family. It's like like a neon pink with like a a little like fairy on the top. And I was (laughs) It's like very, yeah, I love, I love when someone has something that is like a staple to their identity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad I still, I didn't lose it. I didn't lose it. I love that beanie. Yeah. Family forever. I I wear that because I had so many family problems. But, um, so, um, but yeah, family forever. Uh, (laughs) 
So um, that's so funny that you noticed that. Um, yeah, Beacon's cold, br- be- brutal but beautiful. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, but there, there. You know, the other thing is January was the slowest month there, and there was this feeling of like nothing going on. Right, it felt very oh. desolate. Did yeah, you feel which, like- which, yeah, definitely felt desolate. Definitely felt very quiet, like very, very quiet. Um, mm-hmm. And Beacon Main Street is a bustling place Thursday through Sunday, but mm-hmm. my gosh, it's like the quietest place. Like I can go out at 8 p.m. and just stare right down the strip and like not see anybody cross the street. Right, um, right, right. It's kind of fine. It worked for me because I had nothing that like like pulled me from the studio. Um mm-hmm. But you can never really prepare for that until you're in it. And you're just like, okay, I guess it's time to get back and, and start painting. So what was uh, that like? Did you feel like I was like wondering a little bit because um, I could, I was, I was wondering if you felt like isolated or where are, you know, or if you were lonely or, you know, or whatever, you know, I mean, I know you, you yeah. know, like, did it feel like, was it, did it get weird? It's, it, it. It did. I'm going to say it did because that's the truth. Like it got it. Um, it was um, it's quiet. It's hard. I'm I do really well, actually, with like isolating myself mm-hmm. and, and getting work done. And for a while, it's actually really good for me. And um, I think it's just something, as I mentioned, you can't really prepare for. It's um, I had a, I have a really good friend group back in California that is like a cohort of artists who um as soon as I was isolated for like a month and a half, I was like, I took that for granted. Like I, uh, I'm, I missed being able to just kind of take a break and run into somebody. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. Residencies are typically structured where there's a communal aspect. Yes. To it. And, and this one for me, I was like, this is going to be great. I'll just, I'll sit and paint and work and get things done. And it is really great, but um, there is not that uh, communal aspect and the nature of when I got here, it was, um, the Omicron variant was everywhere. I know. Yeah. So and mother has a really good connection to the beacon artists community. And there's amazing artists out here that um, I was looking forward to. And hopefully we'll still meet by the time the opening comes at the end of this. But as soon as I got here, everybody was like back in isolation mm. mode on the second wave, um, mm-hmm. which I understood because I had COVID myself. So I wasn't about to right. invite anybody. To <laughs> hang but, yeah, it was hard. It was hard, but you mm-hmm. get through it. I think, you learn a little bit about yourself in that kind of quiet, those quiet hours. No, it's good. It is, it is, it is good to do that. And it's good to know that one can do that. I mean, I just, you know, I mean, for me, it was a whole other story because my husband came up on the weekends. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I did, um, so, but that must have, um, did you feel like it changed your relationship with your work? Just all that, um, sort of being alone with your work? Like, was that a, did your did did it feel like did it feel like you know more more connected or more like more intense or more of a struggle or more of a you know ups and you know more of a fight yeah. or whatever I, I mean ultimately i mean there is you know whatever there's a back and forth i don't want to put it in terms of struggle really but there's a back and no. forth for sure. I think they're, 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 um, the struggle aspect was just kind of being conf- like confronting the work uh, day after day and not having, not really affording your, yourself like the time to let the work breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not like, it's not like the work was in no way is it like rushed art making. It's just the fact that 
um, I committed to spending time day after day working on something. And so right. you're, you see it and you know what's ahead of you still. You're very cognizant of like what is left to, to resolve in a painting. The other thing I noticed that was kind of more beneficial, I think, was like my really, the content within the work. Some of the, the work is about congregation and getting in one's connection to those around them. Um, mm-hmm. And so I started not, I started noticing like the relationships that uh, the subjects within my work had to one another, you know, like, ah. like, so there's a few paintings where people are in the show where people are gathered together and it's a very much of the celebration of being with others in this kind of time to celebrate each other's relationships. And so I saw that in my work and was like, oh man, this is like what, I need the ironies. I'm making it alone right now, but I, I recognize that I'm making it from a place of like need, you know, like wanting that. Wow. That's so cool. That was your social life where the characters in your paintings. Yeah. I love that. You know, I'm remembering this conversation because I did get to do a studio visit, which was, I mean, um, I remember, you know, looking at this one really large painting fab. I mean, you'll, you guys can see it. You guys will see it. Um, I'm curious to see if it's changed much or how it is now, but I remember talking about the subtleties in the relationships and the characters. They were kind of like on a rooftop. I mean, it's not literal by any means, but there was a sensibility of like people hanging out in, um, you know, like when you're just hanging out and you're not necessarily like, you know, having a focused conversation where you're just so comfortable with people that you're hanging out, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that, um, that painting, um, it's still untitled, but for the sake of just talking about it with, uh, the gallery and stuff, we just refer to it as like the rooftop or the cityscape and I'm, I'm, I'm still figuring it out, but, um, yeah, it's finished now. It's been finished for a little while. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, it, as you mentioned, it, it's a gathering of bodies on, on this roof looking out onto a city. And it's definitely, it's definitely about the, relationship each of each of them has towards one another and as you mentioned it's there's like a very um there's a very jovial like kind of spirit about like everybody kind of as you're looking at the work you're as the viewer you're kind of you're then implicated in this like celebration like you're part of it in a way looking at it um and yeah it's it's interesting i hope i hope I hope it translates, but that's it. That was actually the piece that I was talking about of looking at it and thinking about, man, there's like a gathering of friends in this space that, uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm working on, you know, from its place of isolation, but it actually helped make the painting because it was something to look forward to, like confronting that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And, um, what paintings, what, what kinds of things did you make? that you started there like do you think that being there influenced what you wound up making paintings about a little bit yeah there's um there's a small there's a small new painting i've been working on um where it's like this figure huddled on this grassy field Mm -hmm. and i i was i actually painted it a few different times trying to incorporate incorporate the snow here um i just remember taking uh many breaks from the studio. There's a big garage that mother gallery has the garage mm-hmm. door. That's like glass that um, it's perfectly situated where you see the sunset every day. And that's why I kind of knew the hours of the day. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking a lot about um, kind of very, very formal aspects of what's around me here in beacon, like the snow, the different, the different ways uh, light 
kind of falls. Well, it's very picturesque. Very picturesque. Yeah, absolutely. And also, um, and you were kind small- of on a hill, right? You were on an elevated. Totally. Yeah. 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 And, so, yeah. and I remember so, so were you, I went to visit your studio and that was the first thing I remarked was like, Oh, it's like a nice, it's another nice hill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I know. It was nice. It's, it was so pretty, yeah. so pretty there. <laughs> so pretty. Yeah. It's also like you have, it's also, you get to see the Hudson river, like freeze over, which is like, yeah, it's pretty, but it's also like this, it's, it's this like, uh, oh man, it's cold. Like and the to- sound of it, I walking along there and the sound of like the ice. I know, I know. That's only like, we shouldn't tell people cause that place is going to be packed now with people going right. there in the winter. <laughs> You won't like it. It's really cold, and I—I I almost got lost in the snow once. It was—it was getting dark. It was a little scary. Um, but um, so not all of your paintings are like that. Paintings about relationships, but some of them are don't have any people in them, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, we talked about uh, you almost lost your hat, um, but you didn't. And there's a uh, there's a painting um, that has been. Uh, tormenting me for quite a while that I've been working on here off and on. Uh, it's a, it's a painting that it's called no longer put together. And it's just this, it's a still life essentially where there's a hat sitting on this wicker, wicker chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might've, I think you might've seen it when you came by, I was up at least, but I've since re repainted it. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> and, and the, 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 the reason being is that, um, the irony is there, the painting's called No Longer Put Together, and uh, it's sourced from a Paul Simon lyric where he's, uh, he says, uh, everything put together sooner or later falls apart. Mm-hmm. And so the, the painting, it's kind of this um, contemplation you know, on temporality and mm-hmm. kind of m- mortality in a way, this idea that things un- unravel. You know, so I'm wondering, like, is your, like, the, are, are your paintings more about like are they about relationships or what what do you think what what do you think you know I was thinking about like um I mean I don't know you super well but the the couple of times we hung out and then the work I feel like your paintings your the way that you communicate as a human is sort of more like a musician through your paintings. Like, you know how like, um, like some people, like my, my work is very literal. Um, and some people are very literal and some people are very, you know, then you go to like abstract painting where they're not trying to communicate anything, maybe tangible. It's just emotional, but your work to me felt like, um, you were trying to communicate something that you were thinking about, not just pure instinct, but that you are more comfortable doing it on a canvas than thinking about it. Yeah, no, I feel... Um, Does that make sense to you? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely makes sense. I think uh, the the comparison to music is such a compliment because I think that's such a, um, that is a very kind of, that's the way I would approach it. Like I really feel connected that music is this, I feel like more so than painting. It's like so immediately uh, visceral in this way that like mm-hmm. you're, you, it imbues you kind of with this emotion immediately instantaneously. Mm-hmm. When I feel like mm-hmm. painting, it's much slower process of ha- having that, 
having that feeling um, occur when looking at a painting. But I think, yeah, I, I'm, there's so many things I try to communicate in different paintings, but never really with the hope that it's like uh, completely legible to anybody. Like, right. oh, that's, that makes sense or that doesn't. I think there's just like pursuit of making, of like pointing the finger at like the interconnectedness of like the world around us. Like this mm -hmm. kind of idea of that, like you can see the, the things around you add up in value and make meaning of like who you are. It's like a way of not taking for granted what is around you mm -hmm. and also how like what you make, uh, what, what you're aware of, like what you see if you're day to day, um, affects who you are equally mm -hmm. to what you're missing you know like what mm -hmm. but just mm -hmm. like just this kind of like very um practiced looking and mm -hmm. um seeing the potential of ideas that exist in little things whether it be uh, a, a puddle that has a specific reflection of something that you aren't that's not in your like visual field of view but it is in that puddle um, or maybe like the relationship between a wooden signpost and the tree that's right next to it. Mm -hmm. um, and how they're this iterations of the same being, but like different mm -hmm. exist in different mm -hmm. places. Um, so it has to do with sort of like a vis visual, um, you know, like noticing things and then putting them into context in the world, sort of maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, but so. I'm wondering, so, so, I'm wondering, so you're from Israel. You were, you were born in Israel and you moved here with your family when you were four. And I'm wondering, like, I'm sort of wondering, like, um, if somehow that might, might have, um, influenced your work. Cause that seems like, yeah. um, so, yeah, was so like, what, what, what happened there? What happened yeah. there? So you're, you have a, do you have a, you have a brother, right? Who's a filmmaker? Yeah, I have an older brother who's a filmmaker, and uh, I have a younger brother and a younger sister. My younger wow. brother is—he uh, just got—he just entered medical school, so we're very excited. For Whoa! Him. Yeah, Whoa. He's, on a he's on a different path, you know. Yeah, I think that's a, a quite Jewish a doctor. Look out, ladies! Look, <laughs> Look out. out! How old is he? Yeah. Uh, he's wait till he gets out of medical school. We don't care. He's, he's yeah. Still, he's you don't want 20, to meet him now. 24. 24? Yeah, you don't want to meet him yeah. until he's done with and, medical uh, school. Okay. And then you have a sister. You have a younger sister. She's uh, about to finish high school. So there's a big age range. Oh, she she's, sounds like the uh, fun one. Oh, she. I, I'm sure she is. I feel like, uh, yeah, she's, I mean, I'm fortunate to have a great relationship with all my siblings there. Uh, it's, I don't take that for granted because like, I think uh, I always do this assessment when I meet friends. I'm like, how's your, and I think we even did that when we were talking, like, how's your relationship to your siblings? Like yeah. you just, it's uh, something you learn over time. Not everybody has. And I feel like, um, uh -huh. yeah, my You siblings, know what's funny? You said, I just want to ask you about this. You said, yeah. um, I said, your sister is the fun one. And then you said um, something like, I hope so. Do you feel like you don't, oh. or, or I guess so or something? Do you I feel think, like. Yeah, I, think I, I was saying she, she probably is just because I agree with you. Like, I think, um. I think it's uh, that age gap. Like she's almost 11 years younger than me at 10 years, I think is our age gap. Um, she's the, like my parents are, uh, my parents are uh, older parents now. I think they're on the end. Their last kid's about to get out of the house, you know, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. but she still lives with them. And I think it's like that kind of dynamic of all your older brothers are out of the house and you, mm -hmm. she, she's very independent and mm -hmm. she has that spirit mm -hmm. of being that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that makes her fun mm -hmm. in a way, you know, like she kind of, 
calls the shots. But so um, I want to hear the impact of um, moving from Israel to America for you and your family when you were growing up. Yeah, it's it's like, really interesting because as I mentioned, my siblings, I I moved when uh, my youngest brother was born in Israel, and um, I think. I'm not sure. I haven't spent much time asking my family like, why then. I know if they wanted to avoid us having to be in the military. And uh, my mom being American, we had that kind of opportunity, mm-hmm. that privilege to move to mm-hmm. the States. And mm-hmm. uh, and she had a brother in Georgia. So I think that's that was the interesting thing that we always talk about as a family. Like, why Georgia? Like, why the South? Yeah. Like, why? You know, and I think um, that definitely had an impact on my upbringing and my outlook. What do you mean? Um, but mm-hmm. I think I think just is because that where of, you went first? Is that where you moved? Is that where you yeah, grew that's up? Where, that's where I grew up. I oh, say, I like, didn't. Me. Oh, you grew up yeah, so, in Georgia. I think you told me yeah. that. Come to think of it, but yeah, that's yeah, so, so fucking weird. And you're he's a Jew in Georgia. Come on, Georgia's yeah, like I the remember. worst. They can't even elect the right president. So I remember. I remember that's like uh, I had this experience with my dad going to. Uh, pretty young experience going to like a boy scouts and they were uh there was a first sleepaway time my like a dad's father son sleepaway boy scout trip mm-hmm. we woke up to like uh in the georgia woods we woke up to this like uh, this mass like we like had to do like a sunday service and we were just like what like it was very it was very strange and like i think uh yeah i don't know it it, it it, Georgia was great though in many other ways. It's just really interesting to be like, why, why there? And I think mm-hmm. we found out it's just because my mom had a small family here in the states, and her brother was there. And um, mm-hmm. what did your yeah, parents but, do? My mom worked in. Uh, she did like uh, clinical psychology for a while, and then was actually social work, social worker. Mm-hmm. If I'm getting that right, and mm-hmm. my dad. Um, so she's in the biz. <laughs> she's in the biz, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and for sure. You- yeah. And then you're she's, di- never, she's never prescribed me uh, as one doctor I've had, wink, wink, prescribed me to take drugs. You know, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Somebody might- gave you a prescription for drugs. I get that. Right. right. I don't know who that would be. Some fake doctor, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's, so it's a fun, it's in- a fun bookmark. But yeah. <laughs> um, what about, um, so, uh, and your dad, what did your dad do? My dad worked um, uh, as a like in a bank, like at a bank. Um, he still does that. He's in like banking still or like, um, like in the business very, end, uh, not in the, I think not in the business end, mostly for the bank itself. Like, I think, I don't know the specifics of it. Like he's very, uh, it's mostly like he does, he helps people if they, uh, want to take out loans, like what they can manage, I think. Oh, so he you deals know. with actual people, customers. Yes. Yeah. He deals with, yeah, the, yeah. he deals with the other people. He <laughs> yeah, must be pretty good at dealing with the people then. Oh, he's, he's, I don't, I think, I think I don't give him enough credit. Yeah. He's very good. And he's, uh, mm-hmm. he's very good at that. And so uh, are you, you're very poised. So <laughs> you, you must've got that from him. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's funny. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, and maybe, and maybe I have, and now it's, I owe him that. And I just, it's funny because like when he moved here, he had, um, he was just, he was fluent in English, perfectly speaking English, but I think just kind of in the corporate world, there's that like struggle to like assimilate to like office culture and be like, very, you know, like, I don't know. I'm sure he experienced I've done it. There's that. a lot of like buzzwords, like I'm going to reach out to you and 
There's a lot of politics. Every office has fucking politics. No, it's true. It doesn't matter where you work. And um, yeah, and your mom didn't have to go to, you know, she was, that's a freelance job being a a shrink. Right. Yeah. So he, he really had to like come here and figure out how, how these, how these Americans function. Yeah. And he, and uh, yes, absolutely. And he was also, but he, he did a bunch of different things. Like he worked as a, um, at this, at our synagogue for a while as a cantor. Like he's, he's, which I think, I think that was really something that was, um, it it was only for maybe like a couple, couple of years, but I remember that imprinting something on me because I, uh, he just had a love for music and that was something he like, he volunteered to take that job on. Wow. Something that's like, and my family, you know, we didn't grow up very, religious or um you know we've since kind of not gone to synagogue for a long time now like even since i before high school but uh yeah it's just something that i remember doing so i kind of i categorize him as the, uh, many things that he's done and so mm-hmm. so my mom, mm-hmm. but, yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um what was it like what was it like um like where you grew up, were there other, were there other Jews, were there other, Im- I mean, you're an immigrant, aren't you? You're an immigrant. I, it's so barely, it's, it's but so <laughs> right. Yeah, barely, but is a perfect summation of that because uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Like um, I don't really, I don't take too much time to think about it, but it is the truth of the situation. I, it's just that like, as I mentioned, I was raised in Georgia. So I felt like very early on, I felt kind of like um, I think there was some, in like preschool, I had to take like ESOL classes, like tra- like get situated to like English study, English language, oh, I'm butchering it, but basically transitioning children into like speaking uh, English. Oh, as their second e- English was your English. What, so you were speaking Hebrew then? Right, exactly. Speaking you were Hebrew. speaking Hebrew when you moved here? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Well, that was, that, I mean, I think my parents tried to uh, speak to us in both languages, but that was my first language. Um, and we still we still speak Hebrew in the house, not as much with my mom, but, you know, it's just like, it's our, like, privacy language, you know, like in public, you'll jump into Hebrew, but that's not a safe bet these days anyway. No, someone, no. Someone yeah. I'm sure is hearing the nonsense. <laughs> that um, is fun, though, when you're in a foreign country speaking the language right. that other people don't get. I love that. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Totally. So your question uh, though was was uh, I keep dodging your question, right? I feel like you're asking. No, I don't. Was it or I don't know. I don't. There's no. There, there's no dodging questions with me anyway. Okay, so good. um, <laughs> anyway, no, I'm just trying to um, we're we're trying to parse like imagining what, like what, I mean, you were four when you moved here, but your family immigrated here. Like you had an, your, your brother's a couple years older, must've been like first grade, must've been weird for him. Like that's kind of like, I'm trying to understand, um, what, what effect if, you know, that, that might've had on you and your family moving. And then what Georgia was like, if Georgia, I'm trying to understand also if you felt, comfortable in Georgia or if you felt like an outsider that those kinds of things yeah I think I think um I think I felt comfortable uh I think I felt comfortable for the most part I did I I was a I I was fortunate to make friends really early as a kid like um good friends I had a uh uh a friend that I've been in touch with since since kindergarten really that is like honestly, I feel like if it weren't for him, you know, it'd be it 
it would be more challenging and maybe my life would have been different. And I owe a lot to my older brother who I feel like was the brunt of mm. experiencing everything first. Like yeah. he, for example, he was in, uh, he was in grade school. Like obviously he was in grade school before I was. And so he jumped around school so many times with each time we moved. And I know that must've been affecting for him because, um, you know, it, it's, it's challenging. I think like for, I didn't experience it because he was experiencing it. Like anytime he, he was new to somewhere and I was like, well, he's been there. So like, I, I'll, oh, I'm good. Like, he's mm. done it. So I, I had someone to look up to. So I owe him a lot for that. And, um, yeah, just, we did move around a little bit. Um, and I think it was mostly positive though. I, I, there wasn't a lot of, we didn't have a big Jewish community in Georgia for the first, uh, actually for the majority, we, our synagogue was like an hour away from our house. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, I remember feeling like it was a chore as most kids would yeah. pursue religion at that age. But um, yeah, I didn't feel connected to the Jewish community as a kid, you know, and, but. Uh, was that, were you conscious of that though? Like, did that matter? Did that matter? Like, was, I guess what I'm trying to find out is if like, if it was weird being Jewish in Georgia, like if, if, if you noticed it or maybe you didn't even notice it. Yeah, no, I think, um, did you, I think it's an interesting question because like, I, I don't think I noticed it, but I did notice like, um, I did notice not like kid, the kids around me were not, um, like Israel, Israel didn't seem like it was on their radar, which like, that's totally fair. Mm-hmm. But like, they were like, where are you from? And I would say Israel and they, they would, it would be a surprise, you know? So I, I don't know that that mattered to me as a kid. I feel like I, it was, all right, let's move on. Like, you know, but I think it, it was a, an adjustment period. Of, um, I think I had to come into terms with it later in my life. Like what, what did, how did that affect me if it did, you know? What um, do you, what do you mean? Like, do you, do you have memories of it or the feeling of like you were from someplace that no one else was or? I think it's not. Um, like I'm sort I mean, of thinking but, that you're painting, you have a certain objectivity in, about the world and you're painting. And I'm sort of thinking that there's a connection maybe from, um, you know, being from another country. Yeah. I don't know if I would even, I don't, I see that objectivity, but I don't know if I would link it to my uh, moving to the States. But I think, I mean, I do think there is this in this, this thing deep within my like thinking that it's like, I, I recognize all the time that half of my entire family is, in a different country, you know, across, across the world. Like mm-hmm. my, my mom's family is very small in the States and she's got one brother here and I have two cousins and they're a wonderful family. It's just that, um, that's my family in America. And then my dad has six siblings and oh. they all were the, he's the youngest of seven kids. So he, we're the, like the last Amrams in, uh, on his side of the family, like the boys, of the family carrying on the name or the, the last grand, the last grandchildren. Mm. So I have like, like 40 cousins and uncles and aunts. Mm. But they're all abroad. I think that, that might be something that chart that kind of is something I kind of think about, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it makes its way into the work. I think it is a subconscious like charge though. You know, it's something mm-hmm. that. When you go to Israel, you've been to Israel to visit. How often do you go? I, I used to go a lot more when I was younger. I haven't been back since 2016. Yeah, but um, like when you were growing up, did you go once a year? Once um, every I would other? say like I would say like once every three years, like mm-hmm. much. 
Much less often, yeah. Is your um, family in Israel, is that something that, like, are you guys in touch? Is that something that's part of your life, like, on a day-to-day sort of basis or just like – I would say my my dad's kind of the conduit to them for us kids, you know, like us children of the family. We uh, – I do – I do – I'm very close to to some of them, but in a way that it's – like I communicate to them through my dad. Like he's on WhatsApp every day with. His oh, family. okay. Right. Okay. And there's that like crazy eight hour, seven hour time difference. So like uh-huh. they're always waking up when we're going to sleep or vice versa. But um, yeah, I do keep in touch with them through him, but not as much as I'd like to. You know, I think there's also the language barrier of like although I'm I'm fluent in Hebrew, it's I don't have the kind of that vocabulary mm-hmm. that makes for conversation. But, but it you know? seems like um, that there's some conscious, like you feel, I'm wondering if you feel like there's a connection to like this whole other place that you're not living in. Yeah. Have you been there enough to feel that way? Maybe you don't. I'm not saying you do. No, no, I have. I have I've been there enough to feel that way about particular parts of Israel. If mm-hmm. That makes sense. And you can particular- imagine like your family like living oh, yeah. there and like, it's a different place that, that people here don't understand. Right. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's it's kind of a pretty common. I mean, I don't think it's. I think it's a very like charge. Like a, Israel is a country and a name. It's very charged in this way that mm-hmm. I don't know what image it conjures up for other people. But for me, like I know as I I know I always think about Afula, which is like where we grew up and where my grandmother, the matriarch of the family, was. Her apartment was, and she she's since passed. I think about six years ago, but they the family has since used her apartment as this like gathering for like every holiday. Everybody gathers there. So I, I, there's a very vivid image of like people doing that in our absence, which is like, it doesn't, it doesn't make me sad. It's almost like, Oh, it's so nice. I I would love to connect with that again Mm -hmm. in my life. I do think it's going to require some effort on our family's part because we have to all coordinate and take a break from our normal lives to like go there. Yeah, that's yeah. far. It's really far. Yeah, so yeah. we were talking about objectivity, your view about that you might be objective about the world, whether it has, I don't know if it has anything to do with your childhood or not, but what, do you feel that way? Do you think that's true for you? Or where, you know, where, I, do, like, where, where, where do you, what's the, where is the work coming from? Like, do you have a sense of it? Like, are you, is there anything you're trying to like, put out there in particular or work through or think about do you think there's yeah. a thread through like a thread of um a certain kind of quality i don't mean painting quality i mean I'm, I'm, uh, something in you that you're putting out that's consistent in the work yeah that's a good question i think um i think it's this like personal like fascination about uh this about one's own imagination, how like we can, this idea of like the tether, I think between each work for me is this like approach to seeing like the value of, of looking at something in this imaginative headspace and Mm -hmm. seeing imagination and one's own imagination's potential to uh, transcend our awareness of what, what is familiar, whether it be a hat on a chair Mm-hmm. Uh, or a park, a scene at a park, and what is the unknown, like through imagination, see, looking at it and projecting some sort of ideas on uh, what it could be or what what are you really looking at? Mm-hmm. I think it's a celebration of looking, and mm-hmm. it's also this kind of 
it's empowering. I think like to see, to look out and see like you, you have agency to look at the world in a way that is hopeful and in a way that is, um, celebratory, you know, like, um, but also, and also like, there's another, there's another side to that where you're looking at stuff in, in, you see, you know, bleaker things like mortality and, and like the cyclical nature of life. But I think, um, there's that just, it's empowerment, look at the world and feel like you have agency and to set your eyes on something and like imagine something. I don't know. Wow. So you're trying to, you're trying to make yourself happy. I think so. I think so. <laughs> you know, it's, in, fu- it's funny. It's funny the way that you're, there's something, I'm just going to say this. There's something like opaque about it. And there, I think there's something opaque about you. Okay. I mean, I don't think you're like closed off or uptight or something, but um, right. um, it's just like, it's really funny. I'm really trying to, I'm really trying to figure out what it, what's in there. But you know what? I try to make everybody really complicated in my own mind. So I'm probably just trying too hard. Um, but I'm wondering if like, you know what else I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about that your family, I feel like you're really, really connected to your family more than average, average people that I know, certainly. And I'm wondering if there's something really positive and powerful and particularly there's like, you have four, three, you know, there's four kids. That's a shitload in this country. And I'm just thinking like, there's something about your family that seems like it creates maybe this positive cocoon or it's something, some wrap or some some filter that is really like fucking awesome. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I think I, I I'm I'm I think so. Like I'm I am very close to them. I do think that is there's just like there's like a place I'll say this, like there's a place where I can feel just like totally safe to be myself, which I do generally, but I think if there's any opaqueness that does, there's no, that does, I don't feel like that could be existing when I'm like with my family, which is like a real privilege to have. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, there's like every family, it's not like there's like, there's other, there's other, it's not perfect, right? It's it's not perfect. Shit. I I was sure it was. (laughs) I think that it's pretty close though. In my head, I just Mm -hmm. feel like, and I, I really, I feel really fortunate for that. I do think, um, I talk to my siblings like almost every day, at least every week. For oh, sure. that's freaky. Yeah, that is freaky. It's, well, I mean, I think it's, it's just like, we're each on such different paths and like, it's nice to know we could check in. I mean, we don't, we don't have long conversations on the no, phone. No, no, but you guys, you guys are there. So now, now I'm there. thinking that, um, I think that, um, you know, I'm I'm wondering if like there's just this feeling of safety that you get with your family that you just safety and trust that is just and I mean that's where you I mean which is amazing and I just think it's hard for you to feel that way anywhere else in that level. Yeah. Do you yeah, feel that's... like that? How about your girlfriend? Do you feel like that with her? Oh yeah, I do. I do. She, she's, I do definitely uh-huh. feel that way with her. She's um, in, in a way like a different version of, you know, like 
that closeness with somebody else. But you know? but also you're able to have cl- that kind of closeness in a relationship because you had it at home. Probably you've been with your girlfriend a long time now, right? Yes. Yeah. About um. Want to get in. yeah about six years yeah yeah for a young man that's a long time kids um <laughs> so so but do you ever do you feel like when you're out in the world that um you know like there's just a you know that you have to be more guarded like there's a just you have to be practical and guarded that it's you know, not your family. People. I'll say this. I, I have I have so many stories where like and my friends know this about me and my family knows this about me where it's like I'll get into the craziest situations because I'm often pretty um, I'm often pretty like open with or like I'll be open to like having conversations that are like very friendly with of anybody really. And sure. I give people benefit of a doubt that gets me into a lot of trouble. Like I have, I just have really strange stories of like encounters and, um, go ahead. We but, have, we have, we have, uh, seven minutes left. <laughs> if you can do one really quick. Oh have- man. So like, what's one really quick. I mean, I got, you know, like I, I had this, I, you know, it's crazy. I won't put anybody on the spot, but I had this neighbor who like, I would, I would be the neighbor who would just kind of be friendly and say hello. And I think Mm -hmm. I ended up having this like, oh, this tormented relationship of like having to, to like take about 10 minutes each time I got (gasps) home to speak with this neighbor. Oh no. Yeah. It's, it's, I think anybody's nightmare, even though I love people and I love conversations. Oh no. It was this lack of awareness, like in disconnect where I think um, I bring up this example only because it got, it got so bad. It was like, it was like, uh, I was, I would be like, I would mentally compute. Like, do I have time to like di- get a different way to my house? Cause it was like guaranteed every day you would see this person. Um, and if they're listening, which I can only imagine would be like, no, terrifying. no, I'm sure they're not. Yeah. Probably There's not. Only three people listening. Amazing. <laughs> okay. No. Um, but basically it's just like, I don't feel that way I, when people I, I spend time with, like the longer I get to know somebody, the more open I feel with them. And I think that, I think we, we've had a couple of hangouts and a few conversations, but I think generally it's like, I understand that relationships takes time to nurture and um, yeah, they, they're rewarding the longer you spend with them. So I think that's why I'm really close with my family. You know? But what so. about like boundaries? What about, you know, what about right. boundaries? Like, um, because I think if you, you could, you know, like if you were able to like um, control the situation and, you know, you, you, you're, you know, it's better to be, you, you're a young man. It's better to start where you are than be like, fuck you, get out of my way. But um, like if you had been able to say, you know, it's great to see you. I got to go. I'm in a rush. And then yeah. just get away from them. Like your relationship with them might have been actually sort of more real or better. Less opaque, less opaque. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's perfect example of it. Like I created that for myself because I'm seeing it like inherently differently in my head. Like that's me, that's meanness or that's like, but I think that directness would serve me better. It's just, that's like within me to like, I don't want to push this meanness onto you. Let me like, uh, let me deal with it a little bit. And then, but you're right. Right. You're but right. you're the one who has to figure out, like, um, you know, what 
what is mean and what is respectful because there's something also not quite, quite, I mean, I don't believe you me. I mean, (laughs) I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm desperately grasping at straws to find something, but, um, that, that, um, you know, like if you could be more honest with them, like I felt like that with you a little bit. I felt like that, um, I mean, I, I know myself and I'm, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, and I have my own shit. So whatever, I'm cautious, like this person's here, you know, don't, whatever. So, but I did get the feeling like I was, I was concerned that like, you wouldn't be that like, if you were busy, you might not be comfortable saying that like I could tell which is fine because you know whatever I'm protective of you naturally anyway because whatever I understand you're an artist you're here to do this but um I think that there's something to be said for also like being honest like when I have a party and, and don't do what I do I mean I'm just talking out my ass at this point really I'm I have no formal credentials but what I do is like when I have a party and it gets late and I want everybody to go home, like we have a big loft, could be a lot of people. I just go, okay, everybody has to leave now. You can go to blah, blah, blah bar. And that way there's a certain intimacy in that. You know what I mean? There's a certain intimacy in that because everybody's like, oh, there's Lisa kicking us out again. Okay. I know if Lisa wants me here, I'm here. Absolutely. I think that's that's a great example of like there's a certain in- intimacy and respect in you delivering that because it's out of consideration of like, I don't want you to impose on my space, but I want to be friendly and tell mm-hmm. you how honestly. But um, I used – just, I know we have like a very little amount of time. So I, I use this idea of like, I think there was some truth to the idea of like, Oh, I, I'm really busy. Like this might not be the best time for me to go meet up with Lisa to do visit. But right. I use the like kind of uncomfortableness of that. Like, oh, maybe it's not the right time to like, when is the right time? And like, you're here on a residency, you've had a month not talking to anybody, like just do it. Like it, I think it's like, and it was fun. It was rewarding. Yeah. In the end. I think, yeah. So I think I use, I try to use, that's like uncomfortableness to like get to the other side of that maybe like right right but I mean I'm just saying like in relationship to navigating like the people in the world and needy people that's the whole thing you don't want to get you don't want to get sidetracked by needy people you want to be good at handling needy people because you're going to be a big busy artist and you can't be nice to people okay thank you so much we've got 30 seconds I've got to tell people uh, thank you for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn I'm Dr. Lisa look me up on Instagram Dr. Lisa Levy SP or Lisa Levy Artworks. Go to the show. Go see Adam's work at Mother Gallery in Beacon.